What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here. We're from Fantasy Alarm here, hanging out on the Sawdust Podcast Network. What's up, Ronis? To nobody's surprise yesterday, our good friend Russell Westbrook got that triple-double, baby. Yeah, and uh, they actually had a furious comeback, too. Um, They were down big, and they made a a furious rally. They actually took the lead late, and then uh, Westbrook missed the three at the buzzer that could have won it. So uh, Washington lost. Uh, They didn't have Bradley Beal in that game. But yeah, Westbrook gets it done as 182nd career triple-double. What they did they do something for him like when it when the moment happened you know like when you see a guy break a record in MLB they all kind of like they stop players come out of the dugout they applaud this and that did they do anything during like the first break in action after he uh after he nailed it down no unless I missed that I didn't see anything I know he took the ball at the end of the game um but yeah I didn't really see anything like that. Isn't that ball supposed to go to the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame? I don't know what the protocol is. Ironic that a guy who uh, who has the record in triple doubles because of his, uh, you know, assist, you know, assist giving ability can be such a selfish brick. Well, how is it? How's he selfish? <laughs> OK, now nah, there are people that believe there's people that don't like Russell Westbrook. They think he's just the guy that uh, pads the stats. But. If it, was so, if it was so easy to do, then why is no one else doing it? <clears throat> right. The dude's a guard getting double-digit rebounds. He's, it's, he, what is he, 6'3", 6'4"? He's not a – like, I don't know. People are going to say, well, he hasn't won anything. I still think what he's doing is pretty impressive because he's listed at 6'3", 200 pounds, bro. And he's averaging a triple-double. You could say, well, they're not winning. Okay, but still, well, why is no one else doing this? Yeah, I mean, listen, how many times have we seen there? You know, there Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. Is he a, a, a shitty quarterback? Right? Was he bad during his day? No. So, I mean, I mean, I don't think Westbrook is like a top ten player in the NBA. I mean, he's not a great shooter. That's like his you know, biggest problem. You, know, really, you don't think Westbrook is a top ten NBA no. player right now? Right now, no. All right, let's hear it. I want to hear Adam Ronis's top 10 basketball players right now. Um, you can go in any order you want. You don't have to I'll say. T- I'll tell you the guys. I'll, you want me to tell you the guys I take over him? Yeah, yeah. LeBron. I'm not talking. I'm not talking fantasy. I'm talking reality. Yeah, definitely reality. Uh, LeBron James, Anthony one. Davis. Okay. Nikola Jokic. Yep. Joel Embiid. James Harden. Kevin Durant. Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Jason Tatum, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard. That's uh, 12 now. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. You know, I mean, I guess I just don't know basketball well enough to turn around and say, well, you know, a guy like Embiid who's, you know, always banged up. and But he's dominant when he's on the he's court. He's dominant when he's, on, when he's on the court. He's a dominant player. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Westbrook is, like, the end of the game yesterday, like, you don't want that guy taking a shot with the game on the line. Like, give me Damian Lillard over him all the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. <laughs> that's the guy I want. But it's not to diminish what Westbrook has done. But, um, yeah, I mean, part of it is the pay, you know, the it, the Wizards are the have given up the most points per game. They play at the fastest pace. So when you play at the fastest pace, you have more possessions. 
more opportunities for rebounds and assists. So the system there has worked for him. I mean, I know he did average triple doubles with the Thunder as well. Um, to me, though, like just his motor, his ability to not get tired and just go up and down the court. I think that's a lot of players don't have that. And he does. And I think that's partly of, of what helps him here. Okay. All right. I mean, I just, I find it very interesting that a guy who just set the record, I mean, that's a, that's an impressive record, uh, which is also extremely longstanding because what he tied Oscar Robertson. Right. A couple of games ago. I mean, how old, I mean, how old, when did Oscar Robertson set that record? Was it in like the the seventies? Uh, probably. So if we're, I mean, we're looking at right there, a 50, like almost a 50 year record, depending on when Oscar Robertson set it, 40 to 50 years. I mean, that's just, that, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy because, you know, like that's, you know, one of those, uh, you know, one of those records, one of those streaks that you see that, you know, you would think, Given the given the way that that the NBA has developed and and evolved over the years, and the way that these guys, you know, score, um, you would think that maybe you know there would be somebody in in that kind of span of time, even if you just want to say the last twenty years, um, where it would be you know a, a breakable record, you know. But it's I mean, not so something like- that. Like, so Nicole Jokic is going to win the MVP. He's close to a triple-double averaging on the season, but not there. He's averaging 26.4 points, 10.8 rebounds, and eight and a half assists. But that's for a center, man. A seven-foot guy, a 6'11", he's listed as, averaging eight and a half assists as a center. So put it in context for me. What did Michael Jordan average during his, during his, his, his peak time? Well, he didn't have the assists numbers that high right uh, he had one season where he had eight assists which was by far um because he was more of a scorer even rebounds so his best season was when he was 25 88 89 as far as rebounds assists he averaged eight rebounds eight assists and 32 and a half points per game okay but remember too the nba was way way more defensive back then you had games that it was rare to see both teams go over 100 that's not the case anymore so that's, right. that's part of it. The, the game is more wide open. It's not as physical, a lot more three pointers being taken. So you do have to take that into context that when you were going through the lane, you were getting beat up when Jordan was playing. It's not the case anymore. Yeah. Do you follow that uh, at that 70 sports account? I, the, do, I don't think I do No. Oh my God. It's so funny. There's a, they, they keep, they always show a, a, a video um, of like, you know, nineties, uh, NBA, where it's just like, you know, guys are just getting mugged, you know, coming into the lane. It's uh, it's it's pretty funny is what it was then compared to what it is now. All right. Well, then what about LeBron? What's LeBron average? Um, Let's see some of his best years. He probably I don't think he's ever averaged a, a triple double, but he's had to have come close because um, I know he led the league in assists last year. Yeah. Last year was his best year. I mean, 67 game. No, that was. Wait, they didn't play. Oh, they did play 67 games last year. I forgot because they played. And then uh, he had 10.2 assists last year, 25.3, 7.8 rebounds. Uh, his highest rebound total in his career was 8.6. He did it twice. Um, assist, he was 10.2 last year. He had a season of 9.1. So kind of close. But I think with him, uh, there's 
Yeah, you know, more defensive-oriented teams for him. Miami's had good defenses. Cleveland, the Lakers, slower pace, so that's why. Um, but, yeah, I mean, LeBron's clearly a better player than Russell Westbrook. Everyone knows that. That's why, you know, stats, you know, can be misleading. You know, again, not to diminish what he did, but, like, he's just – Westbrook's just not a good shooter. So that's where he hurts you. And he does turn the ball over a lot, too. So – it's great for fantasy, but in real life, uh, Westbrook's not a top 10 player. I find that incredibly interesting. It's, it's a little eye-opening for somebody who doesn't follow the NBA, um, you know, to the point where I can, like, sit. I mean, I can, I can have a conversation about the NBA, but I can't dive deeper in there. So I, I find that very intriguing there that, I, I mean, a record – as long standing as that. And then you look at the guy who broke it and you're like, yeah, he's not top 10. He's not even a top 10 player in this league. And you, you easily rattled off 12 names um, that I'm sure that if, if we brought on, like, let's say Justin Fensterman, he wouldn't have an argument with you on any of those either. Would he? I don't think so. We never really talked about it, but I don't think so. Okay. I don't think he would argue. Very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Uh, NBA playoffs almost starting up here, right? What's the, uh, uh, what's the, what's the play in situation? Because I need to know who I'm supposed to be rooting for, who I'm not supposed to be rooting for. What am I looking at? Well, I know you have interest in the Lakers. They are currently sitting as the seventh seed. Uh, we are here Tuesday. They play the Knicks tonight and LeBron James will not play. Initially, they said he would play. He's sitting out. He hopes to return on Wednesday against the Rockets. So he must clearly not be 100% because you'd much rather have LeBron James against the Knicks. You don't need him against Houston, who uh, has basically given up. But the one thing for the Lakers here is um, their schedule, if they can get by the Knicks somehow, and the Knicks are playing on the road for the sixth consecutive game and for the sixth time in 10 days. So as good as they've been, this is a really tough spot for them tonight. But if they can beat the Knicks, then they have uh, Houston and – Indiana and the Pelicans, who will probably be officially eliminated by then and probably won't have Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. They've been out. So the Lakers, if they could somehow win these four games, they're chasing Portland, and Portland is a game and a half in front of them. Portland has a really tough schedule. Three games left. Portland has to play at Utah, at Phoenix, the top two teams in the West, and home to Denver, which is also fighting for seeding. So uh it's possible Portland loses two, if not all three. So there's still a chance that the Lakers can get to that sixth seed. But right now in the West, it's Lakers seven, Golden State eight, Memphis nine, and the Spurs 10. The Spurs lead the Pelicans by two and a half games. So uh, they're basically on the verge of clinching. And then in the East, you've got Boston, who is playing tonight against Miami. Uh, they just lost to Miami uh, two nights ago. They're tied right now. Uh, but they're without Jalen Brown the rest of the year. He needs knee surgery. So Miami, Boston comes into Tuesday night, two games behind Miami. They're the seven. Charlotte's the eight. Indiana, the nine. Wizards, the 10. Wizards have a two-and-a-half game lead on the Bulls. The Bulls play the Nets twice, including Tuesday night. The Bucks. so they got a really tough schedule, and they have no margin for error. So um, there's still a lot that can change. Uh, seeding is big, like the Knicks are currently the four seed, but they could easily fall down to the six and even the seven. I doubt that happens. Uh, they come back home to finish the season. So, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting this last week of what's going on.
All right. So, so what three games left in the regular season, right? Uh, some teams have four, some have four. All right. So three or four, um, break it down for me. How does the play in work? Because I'm looking at the standings right now and there's a, a little line drawn after the six seed. So seven, eight, nine, and 10, these are what three teams who are f- four teams who are vying for two, two playoff spots. spots. Yeah. So how it works is the seven plays the eight, the winner of that game gets the seventh seed. Nine plays 10. The loser is out. And then the loser of the seven, eight game plays the winner of nine, 10. The winner of that gets the eighth seed. Okay. So if everything stays the way it does, where it, way it looks right now, Boston plays Charlotte for the seventh seed. And the loser of that game ends up playing the winner of Indiana, Washington for the, uh, for the eighth spot in that. Yeah. And I, I think Washington would win it. Um, if they get Bradley Beal healthy, Beal sat out yesterday. He's out Wednesday with a hamstring injury. I think they need Beal, but they have played very, very well over the last few weeks. Okay. All right. And so Lakers would play the Warriors. Um, See, that is like the league would probably want that. That is must-watch TV. I think. Yeah, right? Lakers-Warriors Lakers for the La- seventh seed? I mean, the Lakers are still the second – Highest favorite team to win the NBA title. Brooklyn is the favorite right now, and the Lakers are second. Well, because everybody's just assuming that LeBron and AD are going to be healthy and ready to go. Well, Davis is Davis is definitely healthy, man. He the Lakers had a huge win on Sunday night. They were underdogs by six or seven of the Suns. Anthony Davis dominated that game, had 42 points. Uh, they had no LeBron in that game, no Kyle Kuzma, no Dennis Schroeder. That's another big loss. He's in the safety protocols, he's been out. So that was a huge win for them. And the fact that Anthony Davis was able to play over 40 minutes and dominate like that was a huge, huge uh, lift for the Lakers. So, yeah, that's why. But that would be pretty interesting. You know, Lakers, Warriors. uh, And then the Warriors, if they do lose that game, would still have a shot because they play Memphis, San Antonio winner. And they probably would win that game. Okay. Um, you just said Nets odds on favorite to uh to win it all. Lakers number two. Um, what do you think, man? How, how do you feel about it? Uh, it's wide open, this? man. It, it really is wide open. My concern yeah. with the with the Nets is they've only had Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Durant play seven games together this year, and Harden is supposed to return tomorrow. But still, like, so you're gonna get Harden back with Durant and Kyrie to play what? two regularly season games, uh, three, and then you go right into the playoffs, man. So that concerns me. But when you got those three superstars and they've shown the ability to beat good teams this year, that's why I think they're, they're favored. Um, so yeah, they have, all right. So they might get Harden for three. Now they place the Spurs on Wednesday, then the bulls on Saturday. Do they rest them on Sunday against Cleveland when the game means nothing? Uh, well, I guess if they need a win for the two seed, maybe they play in the first half and they should dust Cleveland easily. So, but still, either way, they're just not going to play that much together, you know? And then it's like, all right, all right, guys, now get it together. It's playoff time. You you got to go out there and win a championship. So that's my concern. Uh, but Harden has played with Durant before in the past with the Thunder. Right. Um, now they, they are currently the two seed. If they remain the two, uh, they they probably won't have a tough opponent in the first round. It would be Boston is really hurting without Jalen Brown. 
Uh, they still have Tatum and Fournier. He's played well since he came back. Uh, Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart. They just don't have the depth. Um, so I think they wouldn't have an issue in the first round if it's Boston. If it's Miami, Miami would make it tough on them. So, but that's the thing. Even with the week to go, like all of this can change. Uh, so that, that's what makes this week kind of interesting. What do we think of the one seeds right now? I mean, as it stands, it's Utah in the West. It's the Sixers in the East. Um, you know, I mean, thoughts on on those two teams? Like, would you, you know, I mean, you're probably getting plus odds on it. Would you would you pick either one of these one seeds to to possibly go all the way? I think Philly has a shot when they've been healthy this year with their starting five. They've looked really good. Uh, you don't have to worry about them resting guys and beach should be able to play every game because it'll be every other day. I don't think there'll be any back to back. So that helps them. I also think that the number one seed in the East is a much easier path. I mean, Brooklyn or Milwaukee is going to have to beat each other and beat Philly. Whereas Philly is, I mean, if the Knicks somehow get there, is that going to be tough? Yeah. Cause the Knicks are a team that's physical plays defense, but You'd rather face the Knicks than Brooklyn or Milwaukee. So I think Philly has a decent path. I think Utah, no one believes in them. And yet they've just continued to win. And they've been without Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley now for about two, three weeks. And uh, it was shaky at first, but they've started to pick it up. I think. Are either of them coming back? Yeah. Mitchell, they said, though, is done for the regular season. So he's not coming back this week. And I think Conley, I'm assuming they'll be back for the playoffs. Um, Maybe, maybe they missed some of the first round. I don't know, but yeah, they'll need Mitchell. Look, they have a great home court advantage. They're 30, Utah's thirty-one and four at home, so um, the number one seed's big for them. I do think it's kind of wide open in the West, but uh, yeah, I do think Utah's a shot. I think a lot of people write them off. They've I, they've been a really good team for several years. They had a three games to one lead against Denver last year and blew it, and that game seven was tight. Uh, they didn't have Bogdanovic last year, and He's a, another scorer. They shoot the three really well. They're good defensively. They can win a fast-paced game. They can win a grinded-out defensive game. So they have a multitude of ways to win. It's just um, they don't have the the superstars that the Clippers have, that the Lakers have, uh, and it's a lot of people don't believe in them. So, yeah, if you can get them at plus odds, I don't think they'll win, but I think there's a shot. Okay. All right. I'm looking at the odds right now. Plus 200 for the net, Nets to win it all. 400 for the uh, for the Lakers. It's five and a half to one for the Clippers. Jazz at seven to one. Bucks seven and a half. Sixers seven and a half. Where are the Knicks? Look at that. Knicks plus 10,000. Poor guys. <laughs> They've had a hell of a year, man. They really have had a hell of a year, right? Like even even I could say that about the Knicks. Like I might not track them, uh, and I, I could be the biggest fair weather fan in basketball there is. Um, but I will. Uh, I, when the Knicks are good, when the Knicks are good, it's entertaining. It's really entertaining. I mean, of course, they haven't really been good since the days of like Ewing and Mark Jackson. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been a while. Uh, That is, there's no doubt about that, but uh, it's been an amazing season for them, regardless of what happens. Uh, You know, they've established themselves as a, a team that people want to watch play and maybe it opens up the door for some free agents. Uh, They have a lot of cap space and they, uh, maybe they finally 
you know, everyone thought Kevin Durant would go there. He didn't. Um, maybe they were able to attract some free agents down the road with the way they played this year. What about Phoenix over in the West? Plus 1,400 here. Obviously, they've been a, a fantastic team. I mean, yes, Anthony Davis took over the game the other night. <clears throat> but, I mean, if we're looking for, a, a, you know, I mean, I guess a long shot, really. I mean, it, it, you know, you don't want to bet anything big on it. But, you know, is there somebody out there who might be intriguing? You know, hey, let me, you know, let me throw 20 bucks on uh, on the Phoenix Suns to win it all. Sure. The only problem is if the Lakers are the seventh seed, that's their first round opponent. <laughs> like that would be Phoenix's <laughs> luck. First time in the playoffs since like 2012, a two seed, great record. Oh yeah. Now you face the Lakers in the first round. Uh, Dan Marley just doesn't have the luck. Does he? No. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty much, uh, con- let's see. They have a three game lead on the Clippers and they're a game and a half behind Utah. So they're probably going to be the two. If I told you I had to, that you had to pick a team who had uh, plus a thousand or more um, to to just make a, a dart throw, long shot bet. Who's it going on? Who are the teams that are plus a thousand? I don't have it in front of me. Ah, Phoenix, Denver, Dallas, Miami, Boston, Portland, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Warriors, the Grizzlies. The Wizards, the Pacers, and then you already told me that the Pelicans aren't going anywhere. But um, Pelicans, Pacers, Fort Hart, Hornets, Bulls, Spurs, Kings. I would say Phoenix. Phoenix would be the team. Okay. Yeah. But could suffer the big shot in the ass uh, by getting the Lakers in the uh, in the first round. That would be a yeah. Moment. They're definitely hoping that the Lakers make that six seed. all right look at that bender's getting his basketball education here courtesy of adam ronis uh you guys can keep finding all of his stuff look at that already cast a prop in the first half really who what evan 48 over 23 and a half points rebounds assist he has 25 with 229 left in the first half Oh, Mazel tov. Look at you. Look at you. Very happy for you. And so, see, hearing that, like hearing you that make you happy is a million times better than me pissing and moaning about the fact that the Tigers are now up 4 nothing on the Royals and Brady Singer's already out of the game. Yeah, I have Singer and Boyd. So when we started, it was 0-0. I was like, oh, this is good. And now uh, Brady Singer... Oh, giving up runs. Not good. Not good. The wheels just really fell off the wagon there in the fourth inning for him, right? Like, really. Like, Willie Castro, uh, you know, you get two men on. Willie Castro singles in two. Then Badu steps in there, and he ends up uh, knocking in a run. Then Grenier, he knocks in a run. Then Grossman hits a sapphire. Yeah, so the powerhouse lineup you just referenced there. I know, right? Well, you know what, man? Listen, Grossman's been hitting the shit out of the ball lately. Oh, he's well, on base percentage is good too. Oh, he's, he's great in an OBP league, right? Yeah, Candelario's out of this lineup because of the code vaccine. That sucks. I have him in a couple weeks. Uh, but at least I have Boyd on the other side. Now just hold on and get a W. For you, you did you bet the Royals money line? Is that why? 
No, I, I didn't. I actually just used Brady Singer. I have Brady Singer oh, in a couple DFS. of leagues, and then I used him in Tout Daily. Okay, I can't fault you for that. Wasn't he cheap? He was super cheap. He was fifty seven hundred on DraftKings. Yeah, look, I now I know why. Yeah, but still, to me, like I said, sometimes when your process is correct, like that one, I wouldn't get upset over. Like Detroit's terrible. Brady Singer's been good. I I couldn't. I couldn't like kick myself and be like, oh, that was so stupid. I think it was the right process and it didn't work out. I can live with it. Yeah, I can live with it too. I can definitely live with it. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine for me. Uh, you know, I mean, again, I didn't, inv- you know, it, he didn't, he didn't take one of those like inning in a third seven or nine earned runs. He didn't get gombered. So, right. I'm okay with that. I'm definitely okay with that. But when you know, it still sucks. I get it. it. Yeah, it's just it's 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 a bummer. It's it's a bummer. All right, we're gonna talk a little baseball here. Uh, Want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, first, we gotta pay those bills. DFS uh, DFS site that you need to be playing on. So here's why. <laughs> Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam. Even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. All right. Well, there we go. Talk a little bit. Uh... Whatchamacallit, talk a little baseball here. I'm actually, I'm looking at, wow, I'm looking at a tweet that I just got uh, because I'm, I'm just, how about this one here? This is <laughs> a little anti-Semite here who's, uh, who's coming at me on the, uh, on the, on, on the old Twitter machine, Adam. What happened? So I'm sitting there, we're on the show, right? And we're just, we're cracking on the fact that that Tebow is, you know, signed as a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? So, you know, whatever. Dude hasn't played an NFL game in nine years, right? Bringing him in is absolute stupidity. It's just, it's a dumb move. It's it's either a, a move to, you know, a, a coach helping out a former player and a friend. And, you know, hooking him up with a job here, possibly, because even if he doesn't make the team, uh, you know, you, you get him in there as like, a, a, you know, an assistant coach or something like that and, and keep him around. Right. That's 
That's that's what 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 you know what, what that move is. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Urban Meyer's getting roasted for the way he's putting together this Jag team. So you know, we're joking around about it throughout the show, and Bowden keeps saying Tebow. I'm like, ah, come on, this dude, he has no business in there. We talked about how he embarrassed himself, you know, with the Mets and how they had no business keeping him around, and that was just stupid. So this dude tweets at me, says, "Hi, dude." I listened to you berate Tebow this afternoon and don't think it was deserving. Tebow is a Christian and gives of his time to help others. So what if he wants to play tight end somewhere? I detest your Jew bias. Shame on you. <laughs> Dude, you can't joke about anything anymore. We've right, talked about right. this. Then he comes back with another one that says, if Tebow was black or gay, you guys would be his biggest fans. What a sick society we live in. And you perpetuate the leftist narrative, more power to Tebow. Well, I, man, I tell you, I just want to fry this guy on Twitter right now. I do want to kind of jump is, in on it. Is it tagged with SiriusXM Fantasy? No. Oh, okay. It's just that you? It's just to me. Ah, it's not even worth engaging. Ah. Uh, it's uh, not. You You can do what you want. It's just like... Sometimes you don't know, too. Is it a troll? Is someone trying to fire you up? That's the thing. Like, there's no face. It's just, you know, there's a lot of people with troll accounts. It's, it's wasted this is energy. Like a legit, this is a legit account. This is this is uh, at Raymond9136. <laughs> that, that's legit. Pro, his profile says he's got 300. He's following 390 people. He's being followed by nine people. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's legit. Um. Yeah, yeah. Um, joined in May 2010, love NHL hockey, Nashville Predators, Blackhawks, Blues, and Kings, love to travel, listening to good music, being with family, friends, and he's got the St. Louis Blues logo uh, as his avatar. Okay, sounds uh, sounds good. Yeah, so fuck him. <laughs> fuck him is in his stupid anti-Semite ass right now, right? I'm seriously, man. Like his religion has nothing to do with it. It's it really doesn't. To... It really doesn't. And and he immediately goes to it. Fuck you, Ray Lasley. Fuck you. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, I won't say that on Twitter. I'll just I'll you know I'll I'll come up with something a little bit more witty. But seeing as how this just popped up on my fucking computer screen as I'm talking to you, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Papa wants to fight. <laughs> oh, holy shit. I know you're not supposed to you're not supposed to talk to the trolls. But I'm going to send this I'm, I'm going to send this tweet to my producer Adi Sreeder and see what he has to say about it. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. <sighs> Adam, th this is this is the world in which we live. Right. Yeah, I can't what I can't criticize a fucking guy who hasn't played in the in the NFL in, in, in nine years without some dipshit turning it around and, and making and playing, it and playing a position he hasn't played and playing a position. He's not even that he wasn't even playing. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think I need to just, you know, I, I might have to lead off my tweet with a fuck you. I think I might have. to. Right. You think? Sure, why not? Right? You, dude. I'm talking 
about a guy <laughs> hasn't played an NFL game in nine years and is getting favorable treatment from an old coach to try out and what? I don't want to say that. Let's see. Uh, hasn't played a game in nine years. Can you, come on, help me sculpt this one here, Adam. You don't need me. You're already uh, anger. You have the anger in you. I, don't I am. I'm, now I'm fucking fired up, man. <laughs> I'm fired up. I don't give a shit about religion. And playing a position he's never played before. Watch him be like, he played tight end in high school. I don't know if he did. I'm just saying. <laughs> with religion or anything like that. So fuck you and your anti-Semitic garbage. How about that? There you go. Let's see. Let me let me read this back to you, Adam. Let me know if the grammar is okay. Fuck you, dude. I'm talking about a guy who hasn't played an NFL game in nine years and playing a position he's never played before. Has nothing to do with religion or anything like that. So fuck you and your anti-Semitic garbage. That's fine. Should I put a, 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 a gif of somebody giving the finger, too? If you want to enhance it and be emphatic about it, sure. I feel like I should here. Let's see. Uh, flipping the bird. Let's see what gifts I get here. Uh, oh, some, some good ones here. Let's see. Um, oh, here we go. One of uh, Paul Walker flipping the bird saying, how do you like them apples? Interesting. That's a pretty good one. Hmm. Hmm. Let me see if I do giving the finger. What is what kind of a gif is that? <laughs> Come on. Tell me you're not amused here a little bit. Adam. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Oh, giving the finger. No, that doesn't work. Let's go with uh, what if I say middle finger? I got to find like the right gift. Having the right gift is always, always yes, very key. Very it's key. Cherry right. on top. Ooh, let's see. Oh, oh, mm. let me. Oh, no, that one's censored. I don't want a censored one. I really want to give a point across. Yeah. 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 Hmm. No, why are they censoring him? Don't censor him. I don't want that. Come on. Let's see. Well, this is really. Why in the world would they censor it so much? Is it because it's not nice? Is that yeah, right? They might be trying to clean up Twitter a little bit. Wasn't there something recently that you have to start uh, like editing or when you send a tweet, it's going to say, are you sure you want to send this? I saw something like that recently. All right. So maybe I'll tell you what. Maybe I'll uh, I'll just go with uh, one fuck you then. And uh, yeah, that's see, There's a middle finger. So that works. So go. I'll say go the fuck away. 
and take your anti-Semitic garbage with you. There we go. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Annie Up podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it's bullshit, right? It's bullshit. Yeah, I hate when people always try to bring race, religion into something. Like, you can't have an opinion unless it's slanted that way. I mean, come on. Yeah. There we go. Sent. This dude can kiss my ass. Oh, let me show, let me show Ani my, uh, my, my response to it. <laughs> dude, unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. I just don't understand people. You know, we do. We live in a in a fucking bullshit society sometimes. We really do. It's depressing. That's just gotten worse. <sighs> What's that? It's just gotten worse over the last it couple has. of years. It really, really has. Very uh very very sad about that now. I'm very sad. Um that it really that it comes to this. Uh, now I'm like, now I'm going to be checking that. Here's the problem now is I'm going to be checking Twitter like every 10 minutes. Cause I want to see if this guy comes back at me. I shouldn't, there's they got no business doing it, but I don't know. Uh, anywho, what, um, what do we got in store for us? Uh, with the Ronus bonus, let's talk a little baseball here. I don't know yet. You don't know yet. I don't. You always know what you're going to write two days in advance. Oh, is it two days in advance? Well, I mean, I'm either going to write it tonight or tomorrow morning. I haven't decided yet. I've done both. There are times I do it Tuesday night. Other times I do it Wednesday morning. So haven't decided yet. I'm a little behind on my uh, on my buzz cuts piece as well. I've, I've got the majority of it done, but I'm still finishing it up. So here you go. I'm going to talk about here. Five biggest disappointments right now. Oh my God, five! Now well, we're down to five. <laughs> well, Good look, luck. let me let me qualify this. So, okay. so I I did this podcast called the Field Division Podcast with Jordan Eisen, kid, sixteen years old, right? Um, oh, you like him young, huh? <laughs> yes, I I do. Thank <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> so he invites me onto his pod. Like I, I see him on Podapalooza, and I'm listening to him. And so, you know, whatever. I just, I gave him a follow on Twitter and I shot him a message being like, dude, that's, you know, that that's fantastic. I love seeing, um, you know, kids who are like stepping out and, you know, they know what they want to do. They got a good head on their shoulders. The analysis is on point. Um, you know, so I was just, I was giving him props. So he invited me onto the podcast. So I joined him and we were talking about cold starts. And I mean, we went through a ton of players, right? But, you know, so let's see. So we talked about a number of guys. Now, there are certain players who we know they're on cold starts, kind of, I mean, we got to stick through them, right? I'm not going to walk away from Frank Francisco Lindor. I'm not going to walk away from Jose Abreu. I'm not going to walk away from Paul Goldschmidt, all right? Um, George Springer and Christian Yelich, highly disappointing, but I'm not going to walk away from them either because, you know, of the injuries or, you know, really blame because, you know, whatever injuries happen. But I came up with, there were five other players, um, most of whom we discussed on the podcast. Uh, and so I'll just, I'll go with the, I'll go with that five, you know, incredibly disappointing guys here. Um, and, and I'm worried about each one of them. We'll start off Gary Sanchez, right? I mean, my fee, I, I told you on the on the podcast the other day, right? I said I'm, I already cut him, 
and and I had to make that move, right? I mean, it was just the dude was brutal and has been brutal. Um, and I mean, you know, as tantalizing as the power is, dude's never gonna hit for a high average. And I I mean, he's just if he doesn't, he's he's not playing regularly right now. I mean, if this dude is in your lineup, he's doing more harm than good right now. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I'd be worried about him too. I mean, he's already starting to lose playing time. Yeah. So that was that was one of them. Brandon Lau. I'm curious as to your take here because when I looked at Brandon Lau, yeah, the you know, I mean, he's still he still can hit for power, but you know, the guy who was supposed to be the only lock infielder for the the Rays is also now starting to see some days off um, from Kevin Cash because you look at the way this dude is swinging the bat right now and it's been brutal. The, the strikeout rate, you know, we we watched him in 2019 and he was he was you know he was good for it was with a power uptick and the strikeout rate went up, which is something that we see commonly with uh, young players, right? So last year. Power remained, but he improved the plate discipline. Again, that's a step that in the right direction, and that's something that we look for um, with players, year-to-year growth like that. This year, it's like he's reverted back to 2019, and there's not even that much power. Dude's chasing everything outside the zone. Um, and, I mean, it's, uh, and, and it's at a point now where the question is, is do you maintain a guy like Brandon Lau or do you bump him? Um, I, I think he's going to be okay. He's not going to hit for maybe the average you were hoping for, but I think the power is still going to be there. Um, you know, his barrel percentage is down slightly, um, but I, I still think he's going to hit home runs. So, I, but he'll disappoint because he was going in the fifth, sixth round. So I don't think he's going to return that value because I don't think the average is going to be there. I agree. I agree. And the barrel rate's down because he's just he's trying to his chase rate is uh is is ridiculously high right now. And that just uh it's um yeah, it's uh it's sad. He's definitely gonna remain disappointing. I I, I think second base is a tough position to fill. There's really not a lot out there, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> Nick Senzel picking up, you know, second base, you know, a position eligibility. We are looking at um, at the possibility of Bobby Witt Jr. coming up soon, and he is likely to have that second base eligibility. Um, Jim was talking about uh, Bruhan from uh, from the Mariners. Yeah, you mean is being the next Tampa. guy called up after Kellenic? You mean Tampa Bruhan? I mean Tampa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kel- we were talking about Kellenic's call up, and we were talking about which prospects would be the next to come up, and he said that. Yeah, it was Bruhan from Tampa uh, who would do that. And he's playing second base and the outfield. I imagine fantasy eligibility, I think he's got to have second base eligibility based on games played last year. Yeah, I think someone picked him up in my Tout Wars League this past week, if I remember correctly. Meaning that they had to put him in this lineup for this week and get a zero. Though. But if you think he's going to be up soon and be worth it, you have to take that shot. You do have to be worth you know, it's it's definitely a shot to take, but yeah, I mean, listen, I'm hoping 
I, um, you know, because I had to spend some money in tout this past week to replace a couple of guys, like I said. So I finally let Eloy go this week. I was like, you know, something's going to happen. How much did you get for him? Uh, I'll get 290 back for him. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, especially if we're looking at this point in time right now, if Kellenic comes up on Thursday, you know, I'm hoping that everything just remains the same for this week. And then if you want to, then, then I've got the bid money because I don't get the bid money. I made the cut yesterday. So I don't get the bid money this week. I'll get it for the week after. Um, so I need everything to just kind of remain the same right now. Fine. Kel- Kelnick's already owned. But By the way, it's it's pronounced Kelnick. Kelnick? Yes. Kelnick. Yes. Huh. Where'd you hear that? Now I'm going. I'm going to my pronunciation guide right now. Uh, read read it in story and seen it before. Wow. In fact, one of the stories written about him a couple years ago, it even had to, it says pronounced K E L L hyphen Nick. Um, looking right now at the Seattle Mariners, and I don't see. I don't even see him listed here. Where is he? Come what on. is wrong with them? Come on, man. Dude, that would be ridiculous if he's not listed on this team, right? They've got shed long here in a in a pronunciation guide, but they don't have uh, they don't have Kelnick. So, all right, I will make sure that I remember it is Kelnick. Okay, thank you. Have you, you heard Jim say it on the show? I'm sure he has. Yeah, Maybe I've heard him you say Kellenick. Kellenick? Yeah. Um, here, here's a story from Seattle Times in 2019, March 14, 2018. And they put in parentheses pronounced Kellenick. So, and that's okay. why I've heard others say it before, too. Hey, man, I, you know what? I wouldn't want Jared to be upset with me for mispronouncing his name. So I'm I'm fine. I mean, with that. it's when you look at it, I would my when I first saw it, I said Kellenick too, because that's what it looks like. Yeah, well, there's an E in there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if there wasn't an E between the L and the N, then right. I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, Kellenick, no problem. The E is silent, apparently. Yeah, it's weird how some pronunciations uh it's it's crazy. Yeah, well, like, you know, like Brandon Lau and Nate Lowe, right? <laughs> well, I wonder, I honestly, I wonder really how much of it comes from just regional dialects. Like, is that, you know, is is that what like, you know, because you hear somebody, you know, somebody from West Virginia talk versus somebody from Northern California and, and your pronunciations are all over the place and it's the same fucking words. Yeah. I mean, and I it's know. not like they're like trying to say it differently. They're just trying to they're just saying it as they're they're just normally saying it. Oh, yeah. Look, oh, wait, I did find it here. Jared Kelnick. It says Kelnick. In the Seattle pronunciation. That is the Seattle pronunciation. I mean, I guess that's that's what they put in there. I'll have to remember that one. Oh, I'm going to drop that bomb on Jim the next time he says Kelnick. Oh, he's going to get all. You get all pissed off. He's going to think, no, I know it. I've talked to the GMs, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, look it up, Jim. Dude, do you know, he and I actually, we went, we went around and around uh, because we were, we were sitting there on air and, uh, and he kept 
correcting my pronunciation of Azdrubal Cabrera. What did he say it is? Well, he said it's Azdrubal. And I was I was fucking around and just, uh, you know, I made the ass dribble comment. Right, right, right. Right. I was like, and I was totally joking around. He knew I was joking around. But then he just kept coming at me with the correct pronunciation of it. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, WNBC. Oh, you probably never saw the movie Private Parts, so you don't know. Yes, I have. Howard Stern. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Howard okay. Stern, bro. Well, that's what it felt like, man. He was like. You know, you're just not saying the call letters right. You're just not saying Azdrubal correctly. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, anyway, so back to what we were talking about here. Second base eligibility. Start looking at some of these call ups because they're actually they're they're likely to have it. So if you're sitting there with Brandon Lau, well, then so be it. All right, next guy on my list here, Dansby Swanson. Like, I get it, right? First round draft pick, um, you know, first overall, actually. Uh, and the guy is, you know, I mean, the hype machine was was crazy. Pretty mediocre for uh, for the majority of his time here, right? Like, I mean, you know, 15 to 20 home runs. He can steal you 10 bags, right? But he's going to hit you like 240, 250. He's not going to do anything, you know, crazy with that. You know, little uptick in power last year, maintained the stolen bases, actually, you know, gave you a better batting average and uh, and, a, and a more solid OBP, right? I don't know. I, I guess I, I drank the fucking Kool-Aid uh, because I invested in him. He's 27. He's in his prime years, right? This was, this was the advanced time. This was the time that he was going to really start turning it up. And uh, and this dude looks like a turnip right now, striking out almost thirty percent of the time. He's batting two twenty six. His OBP is under three hundred. <laughs> Ugh, I don't know what to do about him. I think he turns it around. I would just be patient with him. Um, Braves lineup is good, and looking at a lot of his underlying metrics, they're not that bad. His expected batting average is two fifty six. That is not bad if he gets there in today's game. That's the other thing you have to take into consideration. The standard for batting average is way different. Strikeout rate is slightly up from last year. Walk rate down 1%. Uh, but uh, his sprint speed is 72 percentile. Uh, his problem is chase rate is very high right now, but the hard hit rate's pretty good. Average exit velocity is pretty good. Um, so I, I think he's, I think he'll be fine. Okay. All right. You, uh, you, Definitely more optimistic than me. So, all right, I'll, I'll, we'll just see what happens. Uh, player number four, Victor Robles. What? Oh, Thank man, you. this is a, yeah, it's a disaster right now. I benched him this week in labor. Um, I have him in my home league too, but it's a 15 team, 14 team league. So I've been playing him really more for the speed, but. Uh, the one good thing is he's been getting on base, man. He's got a 346 OVP. It's just that this guy, that was the one issue with him. He never hits the ball hard, man. His hard hit rates throughout his career have been absolutely brutal. So you need the speed. And I think he's been caught stealing three times. I know yeah. Nick Senzel got caught for the fifth time today, bro. He's, I'm like, I love that he's running, but you can't get caught five times. They're going to give you the red light at some point. Um yeah, Robles is uh it's hard to have faith. I've been holding on to him, but man, it is 
it's been ugly. And part of his appeal was during the spring, he's going to hit leadoff. And that's right. when, dude, that's when he's, dude, he skyrocketed in a high slope case. My goodness. I told you, Brian Ambrose and I, our plan was we're going to take him around six. You know, that'll be our speed. He went before he got to us. And for, I guess in hindsight right now, that was a, a blessing in disguise, even though we had Eloy Jimenez and Trevor Rosenthal. But yeah, I mean, Robles is just like, there's no, he has one RBI, bro. I mean, he's hitting eighth. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, he's getting on base. That's about the only thing I could say. He's got two steals, caught three times. But, yeah, it looks pretty bad right now. It really does. I mean, and here, here's the thing, right? <clears throat> the plate discipline, it's improved. He's walking, uh, which is what's helping his, his OBP, right? He's striking out less. That makes you feel good. Dude's got a BABIP of 333 right now. So it's not like you can look at that batting average and be like, oh, well, you know, I mean, the dude's got like a you know, like a 210 BABIP, man. So, you know, what are you going to do? No, it's not even, you can't even use the lazy analysis to tag it on here. Um, you're right. I mean, you can't make a living with your legs uh, and then keep getting caught and you get caught stealing more than you've stolen bases. And yeah, you're fine for OBP league right now. You're not dragging us down, but. I mean, really, where else are you contributing? There's no other place that he's contributing. I mean, wait, eight runs scored, one RBI. Are you kidding me? Dude, 105 plate appearances. Listen to this. Average exit velocity, 10th percentile. Hard hit percentage, 8th percentile. Expected slugging, 11th percentile. Barrel percentage, 5th percentile. Chase rate, 89th percentile. Oh, my God, bro. This is like one ugly profile. Oh, my God. Damn, man. Well, so there's the question, Adam. What do you do with Victor Robles? Just Bench cry. Him? Just cry, bro. That's it. <laughs> just just cry your eyes out for the whole night like I'm about to do now. I never even looked at this shit. Um, <laughs> I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was this fucking bad. Holy shit. <laughs> Damn, man. Well, he was on my bench finally in labor this week. I had so many injuries. And I benched him and um, damn, my home league, I really don't want to cut him. And I have to make a couple cuts because I just have Luis Arias come off the injured list and Gregory Polanco. And the only reason why I still have some hope for Polanco is he is running a little bit. Man, I, I, I'm I, not ready to cut Robles, but man, it seriously has to be considered We're looking at this shit. Oh. And if he's sitting eight, you know. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> see, that was, see, that was his appeal. His appeal was, oh, my God, he's going to hit leadoff with Trey Turner, Soto behind him. And now that he doesn't even have that, and you move him to eighth in front of the pitcher, that's really what drops him. Um, and then this profile sucks. So, <laughs> man, it's, it's, it's bad. Yeah, definitely, definitely cry and uh, worry about it. But like in a 10... I think in a 10 and a 12, you probably could cut him. Man, I should have saved him for my number one choice, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> I think people are holding on because of the speed. They're like, it's yeah. so hard to get steals. And if he could turn it around. Again, he is starting to get on base more. But man, no wonder why my labor team has been bad. Zero, no home runs, one RBI from this guy. All right. My last guy here, Adam. Luis Castillo. This is uh this has been pro I mean, listen, there's a dip in velocity, right? 
So that's no good. He's been he's been throwing his change up way more than he's been throwing his fastball or slider. So he's he's throwing like weak ass 86 mile an hour change ups. Um, he's pitching to way more contact than he's uh than he's pitched before. Um, like ridiculous amount, like 80% contact rate versus, you know, even just 69.8 from the year before, 65% the year before that. So utterly disgusting, utterly brutal. And uh, yeah, I mean, the K per nine uh, sitting under seven right now. He's walking fewer guys, but who gives a shit when he's giving up, uh, you know, his, his home run per nine is uh, one, three, four right now. Um, his ERA sits at a 642. His uh, his his ex-fip is 4.03. That's not even that great. So Luis Castillo definitely gets the uh, what the hell kind of treatment here. Uh, I'd buy on him. I think part of it is uh, when it when it gets temperatures rise, I think he'll be better. Um, I know he said he's in the zone too much right now, especially with his changeup. Uh, he's still getting a ton of ground balls. I think the BABIP is bad because of the defense. It's 357. His strand, his left on base is 54%. Um, and he's got course field this week. So after he gets hit in course, I'd send offers for him. Okay. Plus he's hurt and he's not saying anything. Um, but the velocity is not uh, fastball down a little bit, um, but it's not significant. He's still averaging 96.1 with his fastball. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd buy low on him. All right. So you are cut Gary Sanchez. You're ambivalent on Brandon Lau. You say wait it out for Dansby Swanson. You say Victor Robles can go hell. <laughs> 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 Along with wherever his hard hit rate went. And and buy on on Luis Castillo. Well, yeah, if you can get him for cheap, I got to think his yeah. owner is probably pretty fed up. And you know, looking at some of the things there, I don't think it's that bad. And I, um, someone did something about his stat. I can't remember who about the temperature. And I think most of the games have been pretty cold so far. And he seems like a guy that the more it heats up, the better he'll be. So, um, yeah, I don't. I I think it could get better for him. Well, what one can only hope. So we'll stash him. We'll we'll, we'll try. You know, uh, oh, but we'll I did stash see, him for his Colorado start, and then well, uh, I I did see Rudy Gamble of Raswell tweet out the other day that Luis Castillo has cost him twenty three points in the standings in Tout Wars. Wow, that is insane, right? So what kind of like? Let me ask you this: What kind of an offer would you make for a guy like Luis Castillo? And I'm not saying like specific players. 40 cents on the dollar, 50 cents oh, yeah, on the definitely, dollar. Definitely be like, hey, let me take that uh that bad pitcher off your hand. I mean, you got to think the guy who took Castillo took him in the second, third round, and his pitching could be in bad shape. And sometimes people, the average person thinks, like, I gotta make a change. This isn't working. I gotta do something, you know, I gotta trade him away. Let me cut this dead weight. So, you know. Even though people are more savvy now, there's a lot more information, especially, you know, if you're subscribing to like a fantasy alarm, you're more savvy. But there are still people out there that just feel like, hey, I got to do something now. My team is struggling and I got to make a move and it's time to move on. And if I can get some decent for Castillo, I'm going to do it. 
All right. Well, then there you go. Make those, uh, you know, those semi low ball offers. Don't make an offer that's going to embarrass you. Don't make an offer that's going to piss off, you know, the the other guy. Um, some people say the first uh, first offer is always the first step of a negotiation. Just don't embarrass yourself. That's that's kind of where we're at with that. All right. I got to get on out of here right now. Adam, as always, an unbelievable pleasure. Thank you for indulging me in my uh, in my my troll attack. Uh, <laughs> I'm so excited now. <laughs> But yeah, we will. Uh, we'll just we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for my education in the NBA playoffs. That's uh, looking forward to it, man. Absolutely looking forward to it. Uh, big thanks to all you guys out there for liking and subscribing. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. This has been the Annie Up Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.